Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level three has begun. We're back in black. Let's do this thing. I am Gable Morantz. We're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 204. It's the Twisted Tuesday. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to get to. So we did, we discussed the, uh, the Raiders situation. Of course, uh, Gruden's gone. Uh, we talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Penguins scored three empty net goals. Penguins 6-2 uh, win was tied for their third largest win in a season opener in franchise history. They scored three empty net goals. The first team to score three empty net goals in a single game since the Red Wings in 1984. So if you you know McKinnis brought it up, speaking about the total in that game, think about that: three empty net goals, the most uh, empty net goals since 1984. And is it just me, or do we see this almost on a nightly basis now in the world of sports, where there's stuff that's been ha- you know the historic stuff that happens that we haven't seen happen in forever? So the Dodgers and Giants are going to uh, going to five, and I guess did anybody expect anything any any different? Did anybody expect anything different? You know, we're talking about a team in the San Francisco Giants that won 107 games uh, this year. The Dodgers won 106. So now um, they're still separated by one game on the season. It really is amazing, isn't it? After all of this, they're separated by one still. And it comes down to one game. So, like, I'm just thinking, like, the Dodgers have 108 wins. San Francisco have 109. Can the Dodgers get to 109 and knock San Francisco out? Can Logan Webb be dominant again like he was the first time? I don't think he can be as dominant. I don't think he can be as dominant. Now, we told you the odds uh, for this game. Uh, we got we a pick em. Game opened up as a pick em, so I'm curious to see which direction it goes in. I think people are going to take the Dodgers. I think people are going to take the Dodgers and the number will go up, even though it's in San Francisco, and even though Logan Webb pitched as well as he did and has pitched as well as he has all year long, actually. It's not just a one-off. I still think people are going to believe that the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win the baseball game. And, you know, we told you it was minus 108. There's been a slight move. It's now uh, minus 110. So first, first money comes in on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Minus 110. The total... Six and a half. Man, we didn't have a number a couple of hours ago uh, as far as the total was concerned. Six and a half, man. Wow. They're going They're going low on this one, huh? Man, we've got uh, Arias versus Logan Webb, game five. Uh, we don't know who's pitching yet officially for the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. TBD versus TBD. But they do have a number listed. And uh, that number right now is the Houston Astros are minus 136. Man, and what a great time of the year. Huh? we got baseball playoffs. NHL is back. Uh, we broke down the games with McKinnis. Montreal Canadiens play the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. We'll be breaking them all down on game time decisions. I was on the Canadiens in the playoffs last year. We made a lot of money with them. But and I thought they could beat the Leafs. Yeah, when, once they came back, I was like, oh, they're going to beat them. But... I think the Leafs win. I'm just not ready to lay 72 cents here. 
The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moranzi. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including the mightier 1090 in San Diego, Los Angeles, SoCal, and of course, Southern California. It was much less windy uh, tonight, uh, but that didn't stop the Dodgers from rocking. And we should have known. Uh, you know, as far as the game on Monday with the win, that was like it was like being in San Francisco. Man, it was like San Francisco brought the weather with them and everything worked out. It was a more routine weather night tonight. And the Los Angeles Dodgers have forced a game five. If you're just joining us right now, uh, we have a number. Uh, for for game five, the total is six and a half. It's uh, Arias versus Logan Webb, both of which have pitched great uh, in this series so far, but they didn't pitch against each other, right? Logan Webb went in game one, and Arias went in game two on Saturday. So his arm, they're both both these guys are fresh. Both these guys are fresh and can go deep uh, if needed. Both teams will be all hands on deck if needed as well. I mean, they say that the two best words in sports are, you know, game seven. Well, it ain't a game seven, but it's an elimination game between teams that uh, won a combined 213 games in a regular season uh, this year. Man, it's just, you know, the, the, the stakes are high. The stakes are high, and the Atlanta Braves await. The Atlanta Braves. We like the Braves. We gave you the Braves. Yeah, we've done well in the baseball playoffs. We gave you the Astros. We gave you the Braves. I was wrong, though, and I admit it. I'll own it. I didn't think the Red Sox were going to beat the Tampa Bay Rays, and they did. So I was wrong about that one, and I've got a lot of money on the Dodgers to win the series. And, you know, now I guess you could say, well, I could hedge. I could do this, and I could do that. But you know how we feel about that, right? Hedging is for gardeners, and my name ain't Edward Scissorhands, all right? Especially I'm a Dodger fan. I'm going to go down with it. It is what it is. I've got I've got my, I got the Dodgers to win this series, and I've got the Dodgers to win the World Series as well. And I don't know about how you guys feel. Listen, I like Atlanta. I, you know what? I think Atlanta played some good baseball. Atlanta normally choke, but this is a different Atlanta team. They have a different makeup, this team. I don't think Atlanta are just going to fade, but I still think the Dodgers can beat them. Like, I get the feeling like once the Dodgers get past the Giants, then it's like hell is unleashed that it's just this San Francisco thing that San Francisco is that damn good. But everybody's good. If you're still playing baseball now, you're good. Steve Merrill's good. Lucky Steve joins us next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. We're back in black. Let's kick it. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, wagertalk TV. Steps up and in, Steve. There's a ton of stuff to get to. Always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Doing well, Gabe. You got a little NHL starting tonight on Tuesday, and then a week from tonight, the NBA regular season starts. It is a busy October, to say the least. It really is. Can you add more than, uh, can you add a couple of hours to the day, Steve? Because I don't know if 24 <laughs> hours is enough in a day to cover all this stuff and to handicap all this stuff. 
you know, time to start breaking it down. Like you said, we're, we're just a little more than a week away uh, from the start of the NBA right now. Baseball playoffs, uh, teams are starting to get eliminated right now. It's it's really been off the hook. We, we expected the playoffs to be exciting, and they have delivered. Uh, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks, Steve, win the NBA championship, uh, but there w- will be no... Um, you know, there's not going to be any same city uh, champion as far as Major League Baseball and the NBA is concerned this year. The Milwaukee Brewers, another one bites the dust. The Brewers are done, Steve. Yeah, and you know, with Aaron Rodgers finally returning, it really was looking good for the uh, state of Wisconsin, right? I mean, the Packers are alive, and I, I like the Brewers. As you know, we talked about them back in June, 13 to 1. I thought there was value, and I, you know, I still think there was value. You know, obviously 13 yep. to 1. 8% chance you get it done, 92% chance you don't. But the whole handicap behind that future odds play, as you know, was the the rotation. And with Burns and Woodruff and then Peralta, you know, in any seven-game series, they were going to be really tough. They were going to be as good of a rotation as anybody in baseball. Problem is, this was a five-game series. And the bigger problem was, yeah, Burns got the win in game one, barely two to one. But then Woodruff and Peralta lost games two and three. You know, so the, the handicap on that play wasn't having Lauer on the mound for game four in an elimination game. And with that said, Gabe, as you know, up 2 nothing, up 4-2. You know, it looked like they were going to win that game. And I actually was feeling pretty good about it. Uh, they brought Woodruff into the bullpen midway. I mean, it was all, you know, they were pulling all the punches. But you talked about the Braves. I'll give you credit. You had the Milwaukee Bucks. You had the Atlanta Braves last week when we talked about it on the show. Yeah. And everyone's overlooking because Acuna was injured. But this is a team that had a 3-1 series lead on the Dodgers last year in the NL Championship. You know, this is a very good Atlanta team. And they're a year more mature now. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. Listen, Freeman's a great player that people don't really talk about very much, right? As far as being like a superstar, and he is a superstar. And I like the Atlanta Braves pitching, Steve. I like Morton. Uh, I like Max Freed. Anderson's pitched well uh, over the last uh, two months. And to me, that, you know, that that was one of the, that was the difference uh, in the series for me that the Milwaukee Brewers just don't hit. I mean, they they struggled, and they, they just don't put enough runs up on the board. So I did get that one right. So uh, thank you uh, for recognizing it, Steve. But I didn't see the Boston Red Sox beating the Tampa Bay Rays. I didn't. I got that one wrong, and I lost. I had a series bet. I parlayed the Houston Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, that parlay loses, and now it's set. The Boston Red Sox are plus 132. Houston Astros right now minus 156. I discussed this number on Game Time Decisions a little bit, Steve, and it was a little bit higher. So it's come down a few cents right now, actually. I think Boston were like plus 136 a couple hours ago. Uh, now plus 132. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's setting up well for both the Astros and the Red Sox, because especially the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't going to necessarily get it done with pitching. They're a good offensive team, but so are the Astros. I mean, it's hard not to like the over in this series. You know, I mean, obviously, playoff baseball, we usually side towards the under. We've seen some real low-scoring, you know, National League games the past few nights. Now, speaking of the Brewers, once again, that was their Achilles heel all season was the offense. You know, once again, the whole handicap was that that solid three-man rotation could, you know, just hold teams in check. Uh, and that's why it's ironic that the Brewers have put up four runs halfway through the game today and end up losing still 5-4. Um, but Houston and Boston both explosive offensively. Uh, Astros probably a little bit deeper pitching rotation, although Evaldi, you know, they didn't have to use him, so he's going to be able to probably go maybe three games out of seven if it goes that far. So that's big for Boston. Uh, you know, have to side towards the Astros. Uh, they're also the known quantity. They have a little bit more postseason experience. But, yeah, it should be a fun game to watch, fun series to watch. I guess the big question, game is will that Boston offense cool off here with a couple extra days off because they were just on fire in that series against Tampa? Yeah, their offense has been carrying them, and people talk about the pitching all the time with the Red Sox, but they find a way. And something you said, too, about, like, aces and stuff, Steve, don't you find, and we've seen this, I know the playoffs are still young and short, but you never really know what you're going to get from anybody in the playoffs, Steve, right? Like aces, you know, they don't stay in the game as long as they used to, anyways. So, like that's that's you know that's something to take to take into account, in my opinion. And then secondly, we've seen a lot of big time arms. They're good, they're okay. And then there's the guy that you don't expect that'll actually just basically give you the same thing as well. So, obviously, I'm not saying the pitching doesn't matter, Steve, but I'm just stating it's not just all about the aces. And you know, obviously, it's about the bullpens too. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you look at like Kershaw over the years. Kershaw, you know, maybe five, six years ago, you know, as a Dodgers fan, I mean, Kershaw was the most dominant pitcher we'd seen in a half a century, maybe at one point, and he's still underperformed in the playoffs. So you just can't, yeah, you can't rely on these guys and able to knock them out until we see them do it. And I don't feel like Boston or Houston, I don't think Houston has like, you know, they don't have a Verlander or a Cole anymore like they used to, you know, when they were dominant. Uh, you look at the Braves, you bring up Morton and Freed. Two very good pitchers that could maybe go go at least four, if not five out of seven games, maybe. You know, and that's as good of a one-two punch as anybody has left in the playoffs, I think. So, so I think it's wide open, and it's really going to be which team gets hot at the right time. You know, the Brewers struggled all season, so hard to say they're really necessarily cold. 
Red Sox were a good offensive team, but they were really good this past week. And I think it's going to come down to offense action, that Houston-Boston series, whichever offense can keep the momentum going. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, wagertalk TV, kick with us on Sirius XM, Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Networks. So you look at, man, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's like, you know, the Boston Red Sox, that they were able to come back on Tampa in this way, Steve. Like, what happened to Tampa, in your opinion? Like, especially after winning game one, that's that's the thing that shocked me the most. Especially in a five-game series only, there was no room for air, and Tampa had been dominant all year long, Steve, and just hit a wall this week. Well, you know, the one thing about Tampa, and we always talked about in the NFL, you know, all the advantage of having the bye week and resting your guys in week 17. Over the last 10 years or so in the NFL, we've seen a lot of teams struggle in that scenario. Momentum play bigger role teams that get hot at the right time. And the Yankees and the Red Sox were in a dogfight to the last day of the season, you know, just to get into that wild card spot. Uh, the Rays had everything locked up for a week or two, basically. Uh, the White Sox definitely had everything. We talked about that the other week. The White yeah. Sox had things locked up for about a month. Nobody else had a winning record in that division. Longer. Right. Yeah, and, they you know, nailed it in. Like, I don't like teams like that right, at all. Exactly like, I don't right. like teams. It's not their fault, but I believe, Steve, if you're in a bad division like that, you need to just kick the crap out of everybody and try to win 110 games. Like, you don't just say, well, we're going to coast since we're easily going to win this division. Because I don't think, you know, who it's, it's hard to flick the switch and just turn it on and off. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, Houston obviously kind of ran away with it, but they actually only beat Seattle by five games. Who would have thought we'd say Seattle was only five games out of the division win? Um, you know, to put it in perspective, the White Sox finished 13 games up and Tampa finished eight up. So Houston was in the most competitive division down the stretch. And of all the sports, you know, football is very physical. That time off helps you heal. Basketball, those guys can pick it up whenever, you know, it's a sport they play their whole lives. But baseball is a real rhythm sport. You know, obviously the pitchers are creatures of habit. They go every four or five days. Um, and then the offensive guys, too. I talk about offensive momentum a lot, and obviously the Red Sox and Astros have it right now. But Chicago was a team that definitely struggled offensively at times this season. And I just they just weren't able to pick it up. In Milwaukee, another example. I know they weren't a great offense, but, you know, they were five ahead of St. Louis, and that was with St. Louis winning 17 straight a month ago. Milwaukee had an easy division win in that division, even though they only ended up winning by five. So I think there is something to be said, you know, about these teams that don't have to play the last week or two, and they obviously struggled this postseason. It really is, though, Steve. It goes to show, though, how even these teams really are, too, right? Sure. Like, these, these games and series really can go either way. I don't even think five games is really fair. Like, after all this, if you're going to play, just play the damn seven-game series, right? But I, I get it. If there's three of them, it would go on. It would go on forever. So I get it. But I don't know. It's sort of like the NCAA tournament. It's not like the best team always wins. You know what I mean? You might. It's the team that gets the the best path. They get breaks. I mean, some teams are lucky and some teams are unlucky, Steve. Not everyone can be like lucky Steve Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> not, not everyone gets a free fortune cookie and egg roll with the uh, yeah, six-win yeah. order. But, yeah, look. Like, it, look it's at Tampa, better. bro, in the series with the ball bouncing off of, uh, look at Kiermaier and all that. Ball bouncing off the wall, off the dude, over the wall. They they don't get the run. You know, that that if that scores, they probably win the series. Okay, the thing that always struck me funny, it still does, is that baseball plays 162 games. And until like the last 10 years or so, I mean, back, first of all, the, the Giants and Dodgers, over 2,500 games played. They never played in the playoffs till this month. I mean, that's insane. That's unbelievable. Huh? It is because they're always in the same division, right? And so you play 162 games and you have less playoff games and less playoff teams than any other sport, including the NFL that plays 17 games. It used to be 16. So, yeah, baseball needs to cut the regular season and have an extra round or two of playoffs. Because I mean, I agree. I think that was on the table. It's such a no-brainer on all to the way around. It, yeah, you take a week off. It's nice and simple. You make the season 154 games, right? That, I think that's exactly what they used to play, anyways. And there, there it is. More with Steve Merrill on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Night Anger Masterclass. This is Sports Rage. I am Ramsey. We're kicking it. It's the Twisted Tuesday. We're breaking it down. Steve Merrill goes down with his wager talk in the house. So, Steve, uh, crazy story, obviously, with the Las Vegas Raiders. It was just a couple of weeks ago that they were 3 0. And one of the surprise stories of the National Football League, they start losing football games, and now the wheels have completely fallen off as uh, John Gruden resigns. So, we guys, we already set the stage as far as what he said and, and all that type of stuff. So, I don't really want to get into that, uh, Steve. I just want to break it down from a betting uh, standpoint. But it's amazing to me, Steve, that even when Washington's not involved, Washington's involved, right? Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, investigation into Washington uncovers Gruden. And I'm thinking, wow, man, like even, you know, it's not a Washington story. And somehow Washington's involved because I guess they were – they were investigating the the stuff that went on with you know behind the scenes with the Washington football team, and they were looking at emails of Washington executives, and then Gruden, Gruden was buddies with them, and that's how Gruden got sucked uh, into this. But purely from a football standpoint, you know, it's three and a half points. They're going on the road to Denver right now. Can't be a good situation or a normal situation this week for the Raiders. It just amazes me how, like, in the society we live in with everything is instantly available, how something from 10, 11 years ago can come back to bite them now. I mean, it's like ESPN vetted them and hired them for seven years. You know, um, the Raiders have had them for three and a half, four years. It's just like, it, the whole thing is just dumbfounding to me, Gabe. And well, I think they probably all knew who he was. Right. Just and, right. I mean, because the, the thing is, Steve, I thought about that, too. It's not like, oh, well, yeah, he said this once to somebody or he said that once to somebody. No, Steve, it was a pattern of years of him just ripping everybody, right? <laughs> right, and it's it's convenient until it's not convenient anymore, right? And, like, ESPN is basically breaking the story after they had him for seven years after this, and they probably knew it the whole time. It's just the whole thing is so – the irony and hypocrisy, once again, like everything in life. But... That same thing happened when you're when – you're, well, your former colleagues, right, with Kelly? Right. Yeah, Kelly exactly. in Vegas where – tweet. It was she... a tweet. It was, like, literally three or four tweets from some troll that she kind of ripped – Use some insensitive yeah, from terms. Years it, was ago. Like, it was like a, it was like literally a five minute thing in her life. And I know Kelly, she's a good person. And it's just like there again, you know, and they had to, you tell me they didn't do their due diligence. Like when they hired her, you know, and then like a month later, somebody broke it elsewhere. Oh, we didn't know about, the, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, you and I know where we stand on those. Uh, no, I know. Those, I think those, they so exactly. It's, 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 but the bigger picture of the game though, I was with, honestly, I was thinking like, how's anybody like going to have a job in 10 years, whether it be politics, sports or anything. I mean, it's like everyone. Yeah. Eventually everybody's going to be canceled, right? Exactly. I mean, everyone but, makes a mistake. It's but you've got not, a great business model though, Gabe, because you just come out with sports rates. So basically you're upfront about it. You're just raging. Yeah, exactly. People know, <laughs> but listen, Kelly, Kelly, I think got screwed over. Gruden's a different story, right? Yeah, I agree. Gruden's no, a different story. Like Gruden's no victim, Steve. That's my point. Like if you read, it's just pretty much his maliciousness towards everybody. Right, like that that was the thing. And it's one thing, okay, emails disclose that Gruden doesn't like anybody, fine. Right. But it's the, you know, he had he called everybody a name, right? Like everybody. Like guys, he went after Goodell, he went after Barack Obama, he went after Biden, uh, female referees, other owners in the league, you name it, players, players in the league. Um, you and another thing is too, it doesn't come across very well because the emails show how much he really hated the anthem stuff and all that, right? You know, he wanted to cut anybody that uh, he said anyone that kneels for the anthem should be cut, et cetera. So that, you know, yeah, that, that would be a problem. Like, it's impossible for him to coach a room now. That's the thing, Steve. It's not like he just said that because let's be real. Players use very bad language all the time, too. Right. They say things all the time. So I don't think it was the you know, I just think it's, you know, the fact that people wonder who he is. Look, Keyshaw Johnson said he always knew this, that he's a big phony. It's amazing, though, man, making that type of money. And it's imploding. I knew he wasn't going to last 10 years, but I didn't know it would end like this, Steve. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. If you recall a couple of years ago, it was either his first or second year when he was still Oakland. Um, you know, there was a, there were a lot of reports came out like two years ago that he had lost that locker room after the first year. Um, and the players didn't respect him. His way of coaching, you know, from yeah. 10, 15 years earlier didn't work anymore. These guys, you can't yell at them anymore. And that was actually the big thing is that they don't respond to this. You know, you can't just 
yell at them nowadays. They make too much money. These guys just don't put up with it. They'll just walk away. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers. They don't need to play. They've made so much money. Um, so I am surprised he lasted as long as he did, Gabe, to be honest. And I think part of it was because the move to Las Vegas was going to revitalize the franchise. Yeah, By the he way, was last- hired for the publicity of it. Like, he sure. got a lot of money. They needed a face in a franchise, right? The Raiders weren't very good. They're going to Vegas. They needed a face in a franchise, and he was that he was that guy. So I think they got what they needed uh, from him, uh, so to speak. But the other thing is, too, he's not really a great in-game coach either, Steve. Right? He's not a great tactician or anything like that. So, you know, he was hired because of his name and who he is. I kind of thought they won the games this year in spite of him, not because of him. And I was reluctant. I thought he was a great coach back, you know, in his first tenure. But when you go to the booth for seven years, obviously he's been a very intense individual, even on Monday Night Football. So once again, why would it surprise anybody that this comes out? He's just an intense guy. You know, and a lot yeah, of these yeah. NFL coaches are. And to be honest, that's what made him a good coach, I think, initially. Doesn't work as well now. But my bigger concern was that been there, done that, you know, like really going to come back and have that same hunger and drive as like a 35 year old new coach or like a Sean McDermott, for example, Sean's an intense guy, um, clean cut guy, though, totally different than Gruden. I'm not comparing him that way, but I mean, McDermott is intense. Tomlin, another one of my classmates, very intense as well. Another clean cut guy, though. You got to have that intensity, but um, yeah, so I thought it was going to change for other reasons. I didn't see this coming, but last week, the second most public play on my fade the public video was the Raiders, um, and I thought the Bears were a live dog in that game for several reasons. Fields had had a breakout game against Detroit, through for over 12 yards at attempt. This just kind of basically helped that play, obviously, because the Raiders were flat. Um, the question becomes, you know, how does the team respond now? Um, you would say this is a huge distraction, but... You know, just what we're talking about now, where I don't think he's really ever had that locker room any anyway. That's a very this good actually, point. Yeah, you know, they this might, might actually, actually be, be a happier. call. Yeah, they might be, might be a motiv- Yeah, exactly. And now they're a three-and-a-half-point dog. Look-ahead line was two-and-a-half. Now it's three-and-a-half, Gabe. That's a 10% difference crossing that key number. That's a very interesting point, isn't it? Because you think, all right, this is going to hurt them. I'm just wondering from a systematic standpoint – how do they run things this week? But it's not like the entire staff got fired, right? right exactly right. It's so yeah. it's one guy's got the head guy, but right. the schemes will still be in place. I, you know, so it's it's interesting. It's a very good point, actually, Steve. Because you know, and we've heard a lot of stories about the Raiders and the Raiders room. You remember during the the protest stuff, Steve, and the anthem. There was a Sunday nighter. It was actually against uh, Washington, of ironically enough. <laughs> uh, it was against Washington, of course. But it was a Sunday nighter, and if you recall. The Raiders have been playing well. I think they were like four and one or something. Same thing. They, you know, things were going well for them. They were playing well. And the offensive line said in the room before the game, basically, we're kneeling, right? The offensive line all came together and said, yeah, we're all kneeling, just and we're letting you all know. And Derek Carr, supposedly in the room, said, I'm going to kneel with you. I don't have, you know, they protect them, et cetera. He did it. Right. He did it. He stood behind him and he put his hand on their shoulder or whatever. It didn't go over well. And if you recall, Carr got sacked like 10 times that night. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember I was looking at the huddle at the time and I said, man, something's not right with these guys. And you could just see because Carr's usually like very like funny and he, he jokes with his players in a huddle. And, like you could see like they were turning his back. They were turning their back on him and stuff like that. And obviously they fought through that. Right. They got over that. And now there's Gruden stuff. So I think you might be on to something. I'm sure there's probably, it's probably like anything, Steve, like life and like politics, right? It's probably like half the team are happy Gruden's gone and probably, you know, a bunch of guys on the team probably think Gruden got screwed, right? Well, I was curious too also to see how the public responded this week because a couple of weeks back, uh, the third most public play was Raiders minus three and a half against the Dolphins. They won by exactly three in overtime. Last week, the second most public side, as I said, was them against the Bears. So I the public are going to pick Raiders. on the Raiders this week, though. I think they'll go back. Like I think the common perception is, oh, they're going to be screwed because right. of all this, right? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. But just look at my early numbers, and we'll finalize these near Friday, of course. But um, right now, Denver's one of the least public favorites this week. It's kind of 50 50. So. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're jumping ship as much as I would have thought they would, because I thought they I thought they would be a very unpopular play this week, kind of like Jacksonville. The most public play two weeks ago uh, was Tennessee over Jacksonville. I'm sorry, this past week, actually, was Tennessee over Jacksonville. And um, I wanted nothing to do with the Jags. I wasn't fading the public in that game. That's for sure. I mean, you know, Jacksonville's another team with a huge head coach situation. They've also lost, what, 20 straight now. It's one thing we have a distraction. It's another thing when you have a distraction and you're a bad team like Jacksonville. That's a terrible recipe for success.
What's the um, what's the public doing? I'm assuming they're all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Thursday night football, Buccaneers in Philadelphia against the Eagles. They lay seven points. Totals 52 and a half in this game. What's the public looking at there, Steve? Yeah, no surprise. Um, Tampa's been public a lot this year, obviously, and uh, Philly's kind of been a play against team. Uh, Tampa's looking like one of the three or four most public plays probably for the entire week. And, of course, as you said, being the Thursday night standalone game, uh, we'll see how that plays out. What's interesting, that game, maybe the most public side I've seen all season was Tampa Bay at New England Sunday night a few weeks ago. And when I did the video, it was six and a half. It had gone up to seven. I told people, hey, you know, there's no way you're going to see six and a halves again. Maybe it's because Gronkowski was ruled out that Saturday. But that game closed six and a half in a lot of spots. And I'm still surprised by that being the Sunday night game. But Tampa, very public again. We'll see if the sharp money keeps it under a touchdown or not. You know, a line that surprised me a little bit is the fact that the Lions are only getting three and a half. And as the Lions, I've been playing on the Lions a lot, pretty much on a weekly basis. And they cover... You know, they, they've been covering, but they lose. Yet the odds makers not giving them very much here. Like, it's only three and a half, Steve. Which way do you think that goes? Do you think it goes to three? It'll stay at three and a half. Can't, you know, the, the public, the most public play in week one was San Francisco over the Lions. And like in the third week, they faded them again. And then the most public underdog up in the first four weeks of the season was Detroit in week four against Chicago. Because once again, they wanted nothing to do with Chicago, the general better. Yeah, I know. And they were only three points. I remember that. And it then they're six, getting it went from six. Yeah, it went from six to like two and a half by, at one point. And then though. last week, they get 10 against Minnesota. So in other words, the odds makers and the public don't really know what to do with the Lions. And I had two plays last Sunday after two sides. I won all my totals last Sunday, but my two sides I had was Minnesota and Cincinnati. <laughs> so Cincinnati and Minnesota both decided by field goals basically one way or the other could have gone differently. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason, Gabe, that the line is lower because Detroit squeaked out that cover. Cincinnati lost in overtime, obviously, by three. That line dropped from three down to two on Sunday, by the way. A lot of sharp money, along with my clients, was on Cincinnati, and it went from a push to a loss in overtime. Steve, we got to get out of here, but uh, what do you like on Thursday night? I think the game's going to go over the number. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Tampa's a pure overplay. You know, so it's really can the other team get you there or not. And uh, the Eagles are showing that they're picking things up offensively, 21 or more now in uh, four of their five games this season. Steve Merrill, wager talk. The late night anger match will continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Wow. <laughs> What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all in a hockey game, and I won that. <laughs> all right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. <laughs> what a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. 
the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. We're kicking it. It's the Twisted Tuesdays. Another week uh, has approached and already flying by. You know, so much stuff going on. We have the NBA coming back next week as well. So let's set the stage. Of course, uh, we got a game five. It's not a game seven, but it is a game seven, right? It's an elimination game. Is, is it a shock that the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants are destined to play five games. We talked about it before the series started. The odds makers expected this uh, as well. So I don't think anybody is surprised by that. But I think the odds makers and everybody else are surprised that the Boston Red Sox are still playing baseball. It's going to be the Red Sox and the Astros. Red Sox and the Astros. And it seems like, if you recall, actually, it's funny. Because... Everybody, you know, everybody brings up this. Um, everybody brings up this Astro stuff, right? Uh, buddy on the White Sox did again, and it's kind of dumb at this point in time. Number one, that whole scandal was like kind of a long time ago. You know, yeah, it happened and stuff, but it is what it is. But the fact is, we all know that all baseball teams are cheating, anyways, to begin with. So. I always think it's kind of like a slippery slope when teams criticize the Astros. Unless you're perfect, yeah, you better. You don't really have a lot to say. Yeah. So what's the difference? They cheated, but they were better at it. Right? They were more sophisticated at it. So somehow, there's more of a punishment. I'm not defending the Astros. Look, I'm a Dodger fan, and they beat them. Uh, but you can't just use that as uh, something to hang your helmet, your hat on, so to speak, your batting helmet. I knew till I was like, man, that's just dumb because now Houston are going to want to run it up. But my point is Boston and Houston, they're kind of the, 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 the one team, Boston, that didn't complain. If you remember, I think it was J.D. Martinez of the Boston Red Sox who said, he said, ah, this is way overblown and who cares? And like, I remember like the Red Sox were defensive about the, uh, the Astros, but it turned out, you know, not a shocker, only in a sense because... The Boston Red Sox are also known for being pretty sophisticated with their their techniques, specifically at home. You know, it's funny. We had Bobby Valentine on the show, and I asked him about that, actually. Because, you know, I think it came up about the, 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 the eye watches and all that type of stuff. I remember I asked Bobby Valentine about it, and he point blank said, he said that it's in Boston... They have a thing going on, and everybody knows. And he said that even though, like, he was the manager of the Red Sox, and he said they didn't tell him. They said they didn't tell him. Like, basically, like, not even, like, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting that Bobby V said that he didn't know, like, they didn't tell him how. I think it's because they thought, well, he's not going to be here forever, so we're not going to, like, share our little secrets uh, that we have. But so-called you know, cheating, so to speak, or like advanced, you know, extreme scouting, let's call it. <laughs> uh, I think it's more common. It's more common. So all this to say that it seems like everybody hates the Astros and everybody's got a beef with the Astros, uh, but Boston do not. So you don't really have that element uh, in this series. So the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros, they're going to start on Saturday. Uh, the Astros are listed as favorites, minus 136 in the series. We don't even know who's going to be pitching in game one, but I got a number up, uh, TBD. TBD, that's who's pitching. It's TBD versus TBD. And uh, the Astros are minus 136. The Boston Red Sox are plus 116. We're expecting the Dodgers number to keep on, like, to, like, the, the climb to continue. Make the climb. I think, uh, you know, I think it'll continue. The Dodgers opened up as minus 108. It was a pickup, minus 108 on both sides. All right. And now it's minus 110. I would expect this probably in the morning. You'll see minus 116. I don't think it's going to go that high, but I think people will. I think people will be on uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers as good as Logan Webb was uh, the first time around. Man, I can't wait for that game. Uh, NHL hockey is probably at the NBA, but uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs have been super cool. And, uh, yeah, we haven't even really talked about the NFL uh, very much tonight. But the Atlanta Braves, they beat the Brewers 5-4. Freddie Freeman steps up with a massive home run. And, you know, Freddie Freeman, it's amazing. For a player that is good as he is, he doesn't get the same. People don't talk about him in the same way that they talk about some of these other superstars uh, in, in, in the league. 
And the fact is, we talked about it just in a regular season because we were talking about the MVP props all the time. Freddie Freeman carried this team. Uh, he carried this team and just a monster epic home run today in the eighth inning, a tie game. And, you know, we've said this a million times in the past, and it's not just a take. You guys have seen it firsthand yourself. The Atlanta Braves have had bad luck in the playoffs, or, or you want to call them chokers, or like, you know, like the Braves have found way a lot of different ways to lose in the playoffs over the years. You know, like they've got blown out. That St. Louis game where they were down like 14 nothing right away. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of, they've found different ways. They've lost heartbreakers. They've lost routes. But we got the feeling there's a little bit different special element to this Braves team. Dangerous team. They're pitching. But, you know, I like the Braves against the Brewers. And, you know, remember we talked about it. It was like, oh, yeah, the Brewers pitching, the Brewers pitching. I said, well, the Braves pitching is pretty damn good, and they're much better hitters. Like, overall, the Braves are a better baseball team, it seems. You know, maybe they weren't. Because of the regular season. I mean, the Braves won 126 games uh, this year. 126 days slash games, whatever, in which they were sub-500. And then they ended up in first place. Like, so, like the Braves only really turned this thing on in, um, in you know, late, late July, early August. Uh, but they're still playing baseball. And they'll get the winner of San Francisco and Los Angeles. The Houston roll. And that sets up uh, that series. So... Uh, the weekend. That's when this stuff gets started. The LA and San Francisco's on Thursday. They got Boston and Houston scheduled to start on Saturday uh, night, 7 o'clock Eastern. TBD versus TBD. All right, as far as the National Football League is concerned, you know, we talked about the Gruden situation uh, with the Raiders. And as you know, as I stated, I thought my initial sort of feeling is like, oh, wow. It's a pretty bad spot for the Raiders to be in. Not to mention, listen, the Raiders have kind of hit a wall a little bit, but the Raiders were in a horrible spot last week against the Bears. I am not surprised. I was on the Chicago Bears. I'm not surprised the Bears. uh, I am surprised the Bears controlled the game as much as they did, but it seems like it's a better spot for the Raiders. And, look, these guys are professionals. And, you know... There's going to be a lot of players on the Raiders that are happy that Gruden's not there. Like, I'm just stating it's not this massive negative as far as the Raiders, like, moving forward is concerned. Number one, I didn't think Gruden was a great in-game coach anyways. Gruden was hired because um, of his, you know, he's famous, essentially. I, you know, I'm dead serious. I don't think, like, Gruden was hired because he was the best football mind available. I think Gruden was hired because he's had success. Uh, Raider fans liked him. And, you know, people forget, too. Like, the Raiders were pretty bad at the end in Oakland. And it was getting pretty ugly. And the Raiders are going to Vegas. And they needed somebody, right? You can't sell just season tickets. Now, listen. It would have sold itself anyways, all right? It's NFL football. But my point was... Derek Carr isn't going to move the needle enough. You can't put Derek Carr on billboards. You can't like have Derek Carr in the offseason hyping fans up. Gruden's the perfect hype man, right? Gruden and his, you know, it's his enthusiasm is very, very electric. You know, we've seen Gruden. You know, he high fives the fans after games and stuff like that when they win. Like, you know, I think there was more of a PR hire than a football hire. Now it's funny because our boy Ventra. And in, uh, in Brooklyn, I don't see him around uh, tonight. Our boy, uh, our boy Venture. I know he's a big Gruden. He's been a Gruden defender and a backer. And if you guys recall, even when the Raiders were winning earlier this year, I thought and I said that um, I said I think they're doing this despite Gruden, not because of him. Right? Like I, I honestly, I honestly believe that. I, I sincerely do. So. We're going to handicap the game more as the week goes on. We, you know, we're not on the hook right now to have to make a pick uh, for this football game. But I'm just stating the automatic, oh, you're going to play Denver. I'd be a little bit careful about that. Like I said, I'd be a little bit careful about that. We don't know. And in fact, look, I haven't really seen any quotes yet. And I'm going to dig into this a little bit deeper as the week goes on. But... You know, we don't know. How's the Raider room? Like I said, 
it seems like, you know, rooms are just, it's like society itself. Not everybody's going to agree on everything, right? Even if they're on the same team. So, I don't know. I imagine that there's some guys on the Raiders that will be happy that Gruden's gone. And I'm sure there'll be some guys that are disappointed uh, that he's gone. The question is, how do they react uh, now that he's gone in this football game? I don't think the Raiders go into the playoffs. I don't think the Raiders are the real deal. You know, they were weird because you can't say that it was a fluke that they were 3-0. and Right? Because, you know, if you look, they beat pretty good teams too, right? What, they beat Pittsburgh on the road. They beat Baltimore. They beat Miami. So it was like, wow, they're beating teams that are supposed to be pretty good here. Yet, if you watch their games, it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? Like that Baltimore, like they were down by 14 all the time. It's a dangerous way to live. It's finally caught up to them. And, you know, this is, I dare I say, this is the season, actually. There are little, there's sort of like there are junctures that are tests and, you know what I mean, turning points, turning points, so to speak. You know, like the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, right? The Buffalo Bills needed to win that football game to send a message to the Kansas City Chiefs and to the National Football League, or specifically the AFC, I should say, that they are the best team in the AFC, that they don't fear the Kansas City Chiefs, that they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, like you sort of get these sort of statement games, and it was a statement game. This game for the Raiders is sort of a seasonal game in a way. I mean, yeah, you guys started off three and zero. Now you're three and two. Your coach is gone, and like this is going to be the week that is remembered, obviously, where everything changed. So, how do you respond? Can you win the football game and say, you know what, we came together, we won the game, we're not going to let our season fall apart? Like, we've seen this before where players have to play for themselves, right? This isn't college and all that. You're not really playing for the brand, right? You're playing for yourself in pros. Like, Bo Blackler's speech was right. This is the last time you'll play on a team. You'll play for a contract. You know what I mean? You'll play to try to get to the Pro Bowl. You'll play for money, etc. It is true. But, you know, it's, you know... The teams that come, the be- that come together the most are the ones that win. It sounds cliche, but it's true. Like, not everybody wants to win at the same degree. It's a turning point type of game. Broncos, minus three and a half. Total, 44 and a half. I'll be betting a long field goal over in that game in that altitude. The late night anger management class continues. This is Portrait. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
management class. This is Sports Rage. All right, it's the three-minute warning. We made it uh, through. Uh, we appreciate it. Listen, it's great to be back. Thanks uh, to Matthias. Thanks to our guest uh, tonight. It's great to be back uh, doing the show. Uh, we were only gone one night, but i got to tell you, man, it's been quite a whirlwind for me the last uh, 48 hours. I don't need that much sleep to begin with. I'm sort of like Gruden. <laughs> Speaking of Gruden, you know, Gruden's got like a sleep disorder, right? I think Gruden only sleeps like three hours a night type thing, two, three hours. Like he doesn't, except it's not like he doesn't get tired. It's one of those weird. I saw a story like Gruden went to the doctor about it and stuff because, you know, he thought maybe it was a problem. You know, like people told him, you got to sleep more, right? And he goes, I just don't get tired. And it turned out that, like, yeah, like he's not, it's not unhealthy for him. It's just basically, I don't know. He had some sort of like, he has some sort of thing. So I was going to say, it's kind of crazy if you're Gruden. You know, you're such an intense dude, and you're up all the time, and now you're not going to have anything to do because <laughs> no one's going to hire your ass right now. So we'll continue to break down that game throughout the week. Uh, we've got a game five coming. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, man, just the drama. Like, it's an elimination game. San Francisco and L.A., first time ever playing in the playoffs. I guess it really wouldn't happen any other way. And I got to tell you, I'm going to go to the game on Thursday. No, I'm kidding with this. <laughs> I'm going to go to Frisco. <laughs> we're we're going to go. I did actually, well, I was going to stay for two days, actually. I wanted to go for, like, tonight's game, too. You know, we miss so many shows. It adds up, you know what I mean? And it is what it is. And I got to tell you, I don't think I would have been able to make it physically. But, man, we have not. We've got to get some rest. Like, the last 48 hours, I think we probably slept about five or six hours. If that, for like a couple hours here or there in an airport. And I keep on nearly missing things, man. I'm lucky. Like I said, I would have missed my plane. I asked for a wake-up call. I never woke up for the wake-up calls. They sent some guy to my room. I'm glad that they did. That woke me up. My door, like, getting banged on and opened up. That woke my ass up. <laughs> well, the Dodgers ass woke up. Game five, baby. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.